Yo, what is up, everybody? It's your boy, Jamie Kendrick, here today on Power to the People podcast, where we give the power of the freedom of speech back to the people. And I am here today with Marissa. Marissa, please introduce yourself to, to the people, the listeners, and uh, kind of tell us some, you know, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, so my name is Marissa. Um, me and Jamie went to high school together. We worked together at a, for a brief time period. Um, but I'm a senior currently at George Washington University, majoring in political science and I'm minoring in American studies. And I guess here, I'm kind of just speaking from the perspective of, you know, a woman, a biracial woman, a black woman, um, and just kind of bringing along my expertise, not really from like a gender studies perspective, but kind of understanding the impacts of different social constructs and things like that from my studies um, in political science and American studies. Yes, and I, I appreciate you taking the time because, I mean, poli that's that's a major right there. So I know you're super busy with everything you're doing. And of course, senior year and internships and, you know, trying to lock in and find the you know right place where you want to go for the next phase of your life so I appreciate that um and I'm I'm, I'm super excited for this episode because I got flame for it because it's been men 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 and everyone's been waiting on the women so now here's the here's the woman yeah, that's, that's on my everybody fault. that's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's my fault. <laughs> um, yeah no you're good you're good um so yeah definitely I mean I, we'll just jump in tell me what you were thinking kind of the points you wanted to touch on and then we'll just go from there yeah <sighs> I think, okay, so my thoughts about the episode, I kind of had a, a little bit of a roller coaster. Like at first, I thought it was really interesting talking about the spirituality aspect. Like for me, I'm not a very spiritual person. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in a Catholic household, but like, you know, kind of you went to, you went to church for, you know, Christmas, things like that. But like, yeah. I didn't really grow up with religion as a big aspect and spirituality um, as well. So that was really interesting for me to hear. And then towards the end of the podcast, kind of talking about, um, just like the natural biological differences and kind of like the different roles was very interesting to me, especially as someone who studied kind of like the evolution of, I guess, men and women's roles in the subjugation of women specifically. It was very interesting to hear that and kind of um, your your guest on the first part of like the men versus women, Sebastian, kind of talk about these things in a very interesting way and kind of saying mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not saying women to go back in the household, but like I kind of am. I thought he mm-hmm. was trying to skirt around a little bit what he actually wanted to say, um, which was frustrating mm-hmm. to me. There were a lot of things I just didn't agree with, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, okay, let's start off here. So right. one thing that I really wanted to talk about is kind of like this feeling of men feeling like women are hating on them and all women hate men and all women blame mm-hmm. men for everything mm-hmm. you know like I, I i hear that i hear i understand why that would be difficult um but i think yeah. it's really important to understand where feminism comes from we wouldn't need feminism without sexism sexism is the reason why we have feminism because it is a reaction to it if women weren't mm-hmm. subjugated we wouldn't need feminism and so to hear that you know maybe some men but not all men well mm-hmm. when we talk about oppression historically men have been dominant in ways that they have subjugated women and forced them to to be homemakers things like that i'm not saying that that you know i don't want to speak on like the natural biological spiritual things because i think that's kind of the spiritual aspects is more a matter of an opinion in my perspective so i don't really want to get into that mm-hmm. But I want to speak more on like the ramifications that it, that have been imposed on women. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hearing that was really interesting to me, and I think there, there is merit to the arg- argument 
that men have participated um, in institutions that subjugate women and other minorities. I, you, you just can't, that's, you just can't disagree with that. So I have a question because in my opinion, I, I support the feminist movement. I'm not saying like that it's a bad thing or anything. I won't ever trash it because I understand. Um, but do you think that it's the, you say like men as in all men is in all colors? Because I mean, if we take it back to like the 1800s, black men, we, we didn't have shit either. So you you're like, if we're keeping it in a buck, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I I'm get, yep. <laughs> okay. You know, so like, that's why I didn't know. Cause I feel like when a lot of girls say, oh, like, you know, men, this, men, that I'm like, look, my sister, we ain't do shit. You know, <laughs> maybe in today's what? times, I'm not saying all black men are great. Black men do be fucking up in today's times, but back then when men was really fucking shit up, I would say that's more like white men yeah, more than mm -hmm. it was anybody else. You know what I'm saying? So No, you're right. And that's, that's so important to acknowledge. Like, you know, you're right. I should have been more specific, like talking about white men, you know, that's before the 1800s. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that with, with colonialism, you know, emerging, especially with Christopher Columbus and his colonization of the Americas, like that, like it is so important to acknowledge white men's specific role in emerging all these different roles. And I think something that we talked about in one of my American Studies classes is that, um, you know, white men oppress more than just women, white women, black women, natives, et cetera. And I truly think that it is a lasting impact um, of slavery that black men feel hyper, um, like they have to be hyper masculine in a way because that's mm -hmm. kind of the roles that were assigned to them through slavery um, from mm -hmm. my, you know, you know, from the things that I've learned. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, you do see that, especially, you know, in the Black Lives Matter movement or previous Black Power movements, women have still been subjugated in these roles. Like there was actually a Black Power pamphlet. Um, I'm in a woman in politics class right now. And it said, Black women's role in this is to stay home and to cook the food. So we, we us men, can actually do the real fighting for racial justice, which I don't mm -hmm. think is right. You know what I mean? And yeah. so if you want to bring it into modern day, there is an issue with, with black men treating, especially black women. Mm -hmm. And I, ooh, I'm all over the place, but there's no, just so no, much good. to unpack here. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about gender dynamics, you can't remove it from different aspects with race, class, all of those things are really intertwined. So I guess how I felt when I was listening to the previous episode is that all of those really complicated, conflicting things kind of got lost because as a Western society, we view things in a highly individualized manner mm -hmm. where it kind of removes all the impacts, all of the historical implications of all of these different things that have happened. And mm -hmm. so when I listened to the previous podcast, I'm like, okay, but I feel like you're talking in a very abstract manner where you're kind of removing all of these realities and all of these historical precedents that have kind of built upon and there are reasons for why things are today and i mm -hmm. feel like when we kind of remove those things or we forget about them um it's really easy to say well women hate men and nah, nah, nah. like to me listening to that it's like that's listening to like you know a white person reflecting on the black lives matter movement saying well i shouldn't feel ashamed for being white like mm -hmm. what Sebastian said in the previous episode was like, as a man, I shouldn't feel bad for being a man. We're not asking you to feel bad about being a man. It's understanding the different privileges that you have. And privilege isn't a bad word. I think in this society, we've kind of like, ooh, privilege, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Everyone, privilege is relative. You know, yeah. we all have privileges in some way, but there's nothing wrong in recognizing um, the privilege that you have as a man over someone mm -hmm. else. And I think the feminist movement has made people so uncomfortable because that's that's what movements do. They they countered the status quo and people get very uncomfortable when you counter 
the status quo and then you see a lashback which the one organization i forget what the the like what it was called but this kind of thing of men kind of abandoning women and saying we're just gonna we're just gonna do our own thing because women are asking for too much and it's making me uncomfortable yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so no that you're good I, I think this is great I love this this is beautiful um so so what you're saying is you think in that episode it was all um this is what they're doing wrong 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 and not okay they're doing this wrong but this is why they're doing this wrong because of the history of that's what you're trying to say is that kind of what we were doing because that's, you know, that's what I'm getting, but I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I just want to make sure. Say one, I, I don't know if we're on the same page. Can you say what you're trying to say one more time? <laughs> okay, so you, from what I understand from what you're trying to say is when me and Sebastian were talking, we kept kind of touching on the points of how, okay, you know, women are doing this wrong, women are doing that wrong, stop blaming men for this, stop doing this. When And I feel like what you're trying to say is that, you know, I under, you understand what we're trying to say when it comes to that, but at the same time, there's historical reasoning to why these things are being done. That's what you're trying to say. And we weren't really recognizing that historical reasoning. Yes. Um, and I think in addition to that, not just kind of, in addition to not acknowledging historical precedent, I think there was also, like, I'm not saying that you were kind of appreciating women because there were times when you were like, oh, like, like, you know, there are some times where men only look at women, you know, as a piece of meat and like you were acknowledging that. But I think one thing that was really interesting is kind of like this, um, this aspect of womanhood always being equated to our reproductive abilities, which I understand, like, I get that, you know, obviously, like, yeah. women, like, women are associated with, you know, birth and well, life and things like that, but, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, there are women who are able to have a baby because of certain different medical reasons, and, you know, trans women, like, mm -hmm. you know, not all women have this reproductive desire and capability, and I think when we, when we reduce women to this kind of reproductive aspect, it can be really frustrating. And then when also, I guess, to get back to your question, because again, I'm getting off topic. What I'm trying to You're say good. is that um, it's more than just not acknowledging the historical precedent, but also kind of reducing women to the scope of reproductive capabilities. And even when you're talking about women saying how, like, it's always from the perspective of a man and how what women serve for men even that wasn't intentional like there were times where you know women like basically what sebastian was trying to say is that to fix the issues in society we need a stronger presence of he talked about that duality of having the masculine and the feminine influences at home and to do that like there needs to be less he didn't overtly say this but this is what he was trying to say that we need women to be present at the home to make these things happen and mm. what's really frustrating is when women because they they carry the child that that means that men are free to go and work like as he said work 80 hours a week as a ceo and it mean nothing but why does the raising of the child have to be only for the woman just because we also carry the baby like why mm -hmm. why can that not be an equal part partnership and i don't yeah i understand what you're saying that's fair um Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm, I'm going to marinate on that a little bit. Um, cause <laughs> sure. I kind of want to transition. Um, so in my opinion, and from what I've seen in the research I've done, I've kind of seen like you have like, uh, in the historical sense, you know, women being oppressed, then you kind of have the women empowerment movement and, you know, uh, women trying to gain their voting rights and stuff like that. 
Um, and then it kind of transitions into like early 2000s, Beyonce and people like that, you know, yes, women. I, I, stay, stay with me here, stay with me here. Yeah, so yes, women, uh, we love women. Love yourself, empower yourself. Then Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, and everyone else kind of came in and just like fucked shit up. Not in a bad way, but because I do think I kudos mulatto. I mean Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B. I think what they're doing is awesome um, as women rappers and really like changing the the way the rap game is. But I think at the same time, for example, have you listened to WAP to the yeah. song WAP? Who yeah. Doesn't? Okay. <laughs> Okay, um, so in my opinion, I think that, like I said, go women. I love it. But some of the things that are said in that song, I think it's just to a whole nother extent. And I'm going to touch on this too. I'm not saying that the things that men say in song are completely relevant. I, not at all. I'm like, Jesus Christ, bless this. Like, you know, like, I think that's completely bad. But I think when it touches on that, I feel like women are kind of, some women, I won't say all women are, it's like in this retaliation movement. And now it's like, you know, fuck men, take the money, you know, use them for this, use them for that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but what, it, I'm confused. What did I do? I'm a good guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, why is this a whole, and I, again, I'm not going to say all guys are great. Guys, is, I mean, like, for example, what fucking Quavo did to Cardi B, that was, yeah, yeah. So I can understand that, but I feel like a lot of, like, I mean, some of the girls that I talk to, I can't go a fucking mile at this campus without a girl singing WAP and, pointing her finger in my face and I'm like chill like it's, it's not that deep it's, it's cool so I think a lot of some girls are kind of taking it and turning into this anger of themselves and again I don't know everybody I don't know what you've been through but I, I don't know I'm kind of confused on why that's a thing if you could kind of you know sure sure I think for okay. me um I do a lot of I, I look at things intersectionally so mm -hmm. when I talk about you know, the oppression of women, I think a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement too, because I see a lot of parallels in what women are doing. Well, women as an entire entity, not just white, black women, it's like all women. Mm -hmm. And then the reactions from men, I see very, very similar responses in the Black Lives Matter movement and white reactions to that, where why are people getting angry? Why, why are you doing what we were doing? Well, now I'm mad. Like, I think the reaction to, to WAP, 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 WAP <laughs> was just so extreme. And again, you say, well, men do that, that's not good too. But like, you're, you're exactly right. But why was it such a big deal? There were politicians, there were GOP politicians talking about, well, I accidentally played WAP and it was just horrible internet like why did it cause this internet this sensationalism where a song made by a man about the same thing would not be treated in the same way it just entirely wouldn't and you know it again like you feel uncomfortable with the fact that women are kind of angry why shouldn't they be angry and i'm not saying that i condone xyz mm -hmm. but from the perspective of a woman when even though you have all of these rights on paper, but kind of continue to feel disrespected, unappreciated, um, unequal. For example, like our our wage gap is huge. It is it has expanded over the past twenty to thirty years, which you wouldn't think. Again, another thing about the previous episode is that you know we've done so much in the past two decades to further women into all of this that mm -hmm. hasn't necessarily produced results and that's what's so frustrating is that you know again we talk about women empowerment things like that but actual gains for women um in the workplace 
and sexual assault, it, it still hasn't changed. So why shouldn't you be frustrated? And again, it reminds me of like when you have been oppressed for so long and then when you finally feel kind of this sense of power to speak out against it, I think I think we place too much weight in respectability politics, especially when it comes to the black community. And it's like, well, why didn't they do this X, Y, Z? Why didn't they not say thank you? Why? We question all of these different things that we wouldn't from the person the, in who has who holds the power in this situation. And that's very, very frustrating because from the perspective of a man, you don't understand what it's like to be silenced in the room and, to, and all of those things. So you can't tell me how mm-hmm. to deal with this generational oppression because you haven't had to deal with it and to expect people to stay comfortable and to stay quiet and submissive that's not fair that's not fair at all um, to people who are fighting for equality and then people who deny that there still is an issue that's also that's also incredibly frustrating and you know sometimes like again for the movement for equality for black people in the united states like we've tried doing peaceful things again i'm not i'm not saying that's you know, burn down the town. Like, I'm not saying that, but at the same time, like, people have tried so many different things. Like, we've tried, like, you you criticize us when we kneel. You criticize when we protest in the streets peacefully. You criticize us when we do anything. Now, like, I've been screaming and shouting and waving my hands at you, and you're still not listening. What can I do to get it across to you? So I think what the conversation needs to be about is less about how these different frustrations manifest and, like, okay, well, what am I doing? How can I reflect on my actions? How do I contribute to all of these negative societal structures? You know what I mean? I think people tend to get so uncomfortable, so deeply uncomfortable um, with people challenging the status quo. We don't even realize it. Like people get defensive when I say that, but it's true. As humans, we get, we form norms. It's natural. But when people break norms, people get very uncomfortable and the backlash is very intense. And that's exactly what has happened with Trump's America it was a backlash from rural white people in this country who were threatened by the advances that minorities and women have been making. Mm-hmm. And to, to say that that's not true is entirely incorrect. Like you just cannot say that because th- that is the fact. Yeah. And so of course we were going to get uncomfortable. Like I see like you're uncomfortable because as a man, you know, you hold that sense of privilege where why, why are you doing that? Like this, like, I used to go to I'm not saying you, I mean men in general. Yeah, no, no, I got you. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But like it's yeah, I think it's a lot about norms and people just kind of being very comfortable in the way things are. And then when things are challenged, they are uncomfortable and then they kind of pick apart the different you know, the different I don't even know. I understand the what you're saying. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. And I I, I want to thank you for saying that because you actually kind of opened my eyes up a little bit. I do kind of completely, or not kind of, I do completely agree with that and what you were saying in the beginning. Um, because that's right. You do have a lot of these male rappers that are saying stuff. And then as soon as, you know, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion drop something, it is like, whoa, like, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, and we live in a, in a super negative society for no reason. I mean, for example, Black Lives Matter happens, all lives matter. Okay, for what? Like, you're that bored that you have to create a movement that goes against another movement like it's kind of ridiculous and I mean I don't know if it's even society I really feel like it's just American society um because I mean America's a mess like keeping it a buck is we're supposed to be you know a country the United States it is not united right now at all 
uh, and I think it's ridiculous. Um, where does that come from? I'm not going to say because if I say it, people are going to get mad at me. But me and you both know where that's coming from. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really huge problem. Um, I, mean, I Also, another thing I wanted to catch on before I start blabbling about all my opinions with that um, is the – I, I won't say, I won't call it a feminist extremist term, but I heard this term and I want to see what you think about it um, as a feminist. Um, so one day I was, um, it was, this is back in the summer. I was, I had a friend of mine and um, you know, me and my boys, we joke around, you know, we say the word bitch, this bitch, that, or no. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch, this bitch, that, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, we were talking about a girl or something like that. We were like, yeah, this female. She was like, don't say that. We're like, why? She was like, well, female is a substitution for the word bitch we're like no 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 no. like we don't mean it like that that's that's no disrespect you know we don't call women that we're just saying like you know this female because that's what she is she's a female so do you because i've talked to a couple of people about this and i've heard some yeah and then i heard some no so do you feel like as a feminist do you feel like that's that like that's correct like you know uh female is a substitution for the word bitch or do you feel like it's not that deep i think that's a great oh I'm happy you brought this up. So I wouldn't say it's a direct substitution for the word bitch, but I understand and I am um, among people who believe that it's like, like when you're talking about women, mm-hmm. like usually when people say female, when you see that on Twitter, it normally follows with a complaint about a woman. You know what I mean? And it's like, when we talk about the way we use words, again, like there is a reason why we use words in the way that we do. And there's a reason why we don't use certain words to talk about other minorities, cultures, things like that, because it does have a negative past. And because that connotation kind of has been developed for the word female to be negative, um, people don't like it. And they understand why, because it, again, it reduces like people use the word female males to talk about people's, you know, biologies. And so again, you're reducing females to their biological you know, attributes, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So again, like, I don't say, oh, yeah. this male, and like, who says that? No one says that. So why, like, so just what's the point? You know what I mean? And it's really interesting, mm-hmm. too, because I feel like people started saying, using the word female to talk about women so recently. Mm-hmm. And it does feel derogatory. It does feel like, oh, females, and like, it just makes you feel a type of way. You know what I mean? Like, there are some mm-hmm. words when people say some things where it's like, like, I just kind of feel a type of way. Like, when a white person uses the word ghetto, like, you know what I mean? That makes you feel a type of way. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. So, like, you know, it's, like, the same thing where because of all these different, you know, societal factors, mm-hmm. uh, because of the negative, you know, a, a lot of things that are associated with women, especially teenage girls, are viewed as very negative. So, like, when we, we use the word, like, bitch, female, things like that, like, I get why people get frustrated because so for so long certain you know feminine attributes certain feminine words have been you know have been demonized you know what I mean like mm-hmm. when gay men present feminine attributes that's viewed as negative why is that mm-hmm. viewed as negative you know what I mean so like it yeah <laughs> so do you think that it's kind of we'll, we'll kind of put this in the context with black people on the n-word so do you think when girls call each other like you know bitches sluts oh you hoe you thought blah 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 that's okay. It's like kind of same concept as the N-word. Like, you know, black people say the N-word at school, but when white people say it, oh, I want to beat you the fuck up. So do you think it's the same? Like, do you think that when women do that, it's right too? Or do you disagree with that? Yes. No, I think that's exactly what it is. Like, the point is that you are reclaiming something that was used to insult, mm-hmm. subjugate, 
oppress you. That is the whole point is that you are taking the power back from that word and you're claiming it as your own because it was used to be negative from the oppressed. You're like, you know what? Like, again, when we talk about it's in the previous episode, you're talking about, it's all about frame of not mind. It's all about kind of your perspective. Well, this is people who have been oppressed by that word. You know, I'm going to reclaim this. And I'm going to make it a positive for me and my community. But there are some people who say, you know, I don't want to hear that word at all because of its origins, because its origins have always been bad, specifically talking about the N-word, that I'm not going to use it at all. And I respect that. I understand that. Um, but mm-hmm. I also think that, like, again, like, you can't, I firmly believe that you cannot decide if you, like, if you are not the party that is being oppressed, you can't say what that oppression looks like. You know what I mean? Because you have not, you've not felt it at that personal level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, you can't a white person you can't tell a black person not to say you know the n-word the n-word but yeah. you can you can say that it's not right for a white person to say it because it has specifically and i've been used to oppress people and i think that is the most you know direct example of that like mm-hmm. it you know so yeah no i completely understand where you're coming from i think that's a that's a fair point um Man, I have so many questions running through my head. I just got to choose which one because I think this is such a great conversation. Because I mean, Go I've been ahead, so I'm ready. <laughs> I was so interested about this and just because I mean, I see, I've seen different levels of feminists, and to me, you know, I'm a guy like, I'm not too. I'm a. Um, how do I say this? I am sensitive when it comes to certain topics in society, but sensitive to the point where it's like uh, I'm empathetic, like sensitive empathetically sensitive if that makes any sense if you're picking up okay um no. let me rewind <laughs> so all right I'll, I'll switch the word so i'm empathetic to like you know lgbtq like i completely understand where you're coming from you know the, the feminist movement like i get it i completely understand um but when things like certain terms for example like that whole female thing like me i'm like i don't think it's that deep you know is but i understand what you're saying but i don't think that's deep i'm gonna let you rock um so I don't know. I mean, I think another big thing is like the feminists. I've seen a lot. I've met, I've seen, I've encountered a lot of feminist extremists. And that's just a broad whole other world compared to just, you know, feminists like yourself. Um, so when it comes to feminist extremists, if that's the right, is that the right term? Am I, is that like a good term to say? Or do you think they're feminist too? Or like, how do you feel about it? Well, when you talk about the history of the feminist movement, it's always been broken up into liberal feminists who have worked within the system and normally used legislation and then also, um, you know, through the law to gain, to make progress. Where radical feminists um, focus more on direct action and protesting um, and more symbolic efforts and more kind of like t- directing at the system. Um, so yeah, I want to ask you what your definition of an, uh, like a feminist extremist, as you say, or a radical feminist is, um, just because I think, you know, that means for people who aren't really familiar with like the, the feminist movement's origins, I think people kind of have their own interpretations of what that means. So I would like to hear, um, you know, how you define that and then I can respond to your question. Well, I think when, like, I mean, for example, I remember way back when, you know, I would look up um, feminists on Google. And I mean, you would see the naked women with signs and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, and now today I'm like, I don't think that's a regular feminist. Like, I think that's kind of, I don't think that's it. So I would name stuff and practices like that feminist extremists. I mean, you could even compare it, I mean, to the Black Lives Matter movement. 
Um, I mean, you have people like me. I support the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't support the the organization because some of the things that they do, but I do support the cause and what it stands for. Um, and then you have other people who, um, what's the dude's name? Um, basically, I forget the end. Have you ever heard of the NFAC? Um, he's like a, he's a dude. He basically, they're really like super right. I guess you would say like, I mean, walking through the street, guns, like arm, like stuff like that. And I think that's just a whole nother level to it. Where like, I'm like, dude, I understand, but wow. Okay. Let's like, you know, let's pull it back a little bit. So I think that's kind of how I view the two things when it comes to feminist and feminist extremism. Okay. So I think we're, I think it's incorrect to kind of separate the two. Because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, if you're a feminist, you're, femi- you're a feminist in the sense that you believe in the equality of all of the sexes, all the genders. Mm-hmm. You know, what the actual differences between like a liberal and radical feminist are, is how the, are the tactics, how they achieve that goal. And, you know, a lot of the things that at least my peers have been reflecting on is that, you know, a lot of aspects of our society fundamentally um, are flawed, like capitalism, the origins of America, like, you know, a lot of things are, you know, royally fucked up, you know what I mean? Like, to such a sense that, like, how do you even, there's this belief with more extreme parts of movements where we, we dug ourselves into this hole, not from mistakes made by the way, you know, made along the way, but that it's ingrained into the system. And so if you want to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, there is a lot of merit to say that it's really hard to reform systems that have been designed to oppress Black people. When you talk about the prison industrial complex in America, you can't, you can't, ex- you can't separate that from slavery. Um, and so when people call and advocate for the abolishment um, you know, of police unions, things like that, you have to understand why they're calling for these things. And again, I think it's really important that we, t- we reflect our, our, uh, on our own kind of sense of being comfortable in our critique of these things. Because again, like movements, any social movement, like any protest is designed to disrupt the society that we've built for us. Because again, in America, who has had the power? White, rich, landowning white men since the foundation of America. And that inherently leaves people out. You know, like Amy Coney Barrett, the, you know, who's supposed to, who Trump nominated to be Supreme Court justice, she is someone who believes in just, you know, the original constitution. But if you, but when you look at it, that means, okay, women can't vote. Black people are still not a full person. You know what I mean? That essentially leaves people out. And what radical extremist people, well, extremist people are saying is that these things are so systemic that if you took away all the sexists, all the racists in our society, sexist and racist things would still occur. They would still manifest because our, our society, our institutions have been operated, have been made to operate in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think what you, what we should be doing is understanding why people feel this way. Why are people, why do people want a new system? Why are they advocating for that? Um, I think that's what's really important. And why are we so uncomfortable when we see, you know, topless women? That's the point. That's the point to make you uncomfortable that women are topless because women are sexualized so much because, you know, like, yes, like boobs are, you know, like, you know, 
it's for you know, feeding children, blah, blah, blah. But like, why is that, like, why does that have to be sexualized? Why does reproductive, you know, things, why does it have to be so sexualized and objectified? Like, that's the point. The point is to challenge your preconceptions. The point is to challenge you and open up your mind. Um, and I think, I think we need to have, I think we need to understand that. I think, I think people are too obsessed with being comfortable and how things are. And, you know, again, like even black men, like as a man, like, it's like, oh, I'm like, I, you know, I can support, you know, radical Black Lives Matter things. But when it comes to like feminine, I'm not saying this is you, but some people like, but when it comes to like feminists, like, you know, um, more radical tactics, then I get uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So it's like, talk mm -hmm. about like your, your experiences and be open and understanding why people are calling for things. You know, why people feel the need to have these different tactics because of these, you know, historical, you know, systems of, of oppression, essentially. Yeah, um, and I think it's super, super prelevant, um, and I guess relevant. Um, we do live in a ridiculously hypersexualized world, um, and that's something I never really understood. Like, I mean, I guess some girls are into it, which is completely fine. Everyone has the right to have their own opinion. That's what this world is. Um, but I mean, like, I always use this. I don't know why. Maybe because I listen to rap music all the time. But if you look at like a lot of these rap videos, all it is is girls in bikinis twerking and you know stuff like that, and. I mean, if you watch that, you know, I, when I went for my family uh, re reunion, barbecue, whatever you want to call it, like, I mean, a couple uh, years ago, I mean, it's little two-year-old kids and that's all that's on the screen. They're just watching music. I'm like, and people, like, you see that from such a young age that so that gets in your head and you're just normalized to it. But I think it's a huge problem. I mean, even now, if you look at some of the shows that are on, like, um, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon and stuff like that, I mean, yeah. I mean, why, why are people kissing on Disney Channel? Stop it. Like the twelve, relax. Like it's, it's too much. So I mean, I, I think it's it's a huge problem. And I mean, even if you look at the, um, I don't know what the exact term uh, for it is, but the women's NFL, uh, basically like the the girls that play football, it's bikinis and just pads. I'm like, what? Why? For what? Like I, I just I never understood that. I I never got why. Um, but I mean. I don't want to say what can you do, but I feel like I, I think a lot of generations are putting on our generation, like, you guys need to fix it. Go. And we're like, there's so much shit to fix. Like, are you, are you serious? Like, so I think it's ridiculous. And I don't want to say it's not doable, but I think the problems that we're having today is generational. That's if we do stay in America. I want to do something completely different. I want to go to uh, build a Wakanda in Africa and get us the fuck up out of here. That's, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, but I mean, if we people wanted to stay and fix America, I mean, I, I don't think we'll be able to fix this until at least like, if things went well, at maybe five to 10 generations. Maybe. Yeah. No, I know exactly where you're coming from. And again, like these problems are so huge and again they're systemic or systematic that's why we can't fix them with the, the change in the presidency i mean some things can make things worse don't you know don't get me wrong i'm not saying that things yeah. cannot get worse um but again these problems are so large because exactly it, it's a generational issue these these issues have persisted for so long and I guess, in my opinion, it's really important to confront the realities that we're facing today and understand the limitations that exist um, 
based on our democracy or lack thereof um, that we have today in America. But I think you should never forget the shoulds. I always say this to my mom. Me and my mom have had a lot of great discussions about our democracy, about the Black Lives Matter movement, things like that. And it's been really, really great. And she's like, well, Marissa, I want to add a little dose of reality. I'm like, mom, like, this is, but what I'm saying is that I know, I know what the realities that we're facing today, I know how things are, but we should never forget about the shoulds, how things should be. Because if you lose sight of that, we're never, we're never going to have any progress. And I think, you know, you do have to keep a little bit of, a little bit of idealism, you know, like if you don't, if you don't have that, um, then I think we do kind of lose all hope of progress because then we settle for all these really mediocre subpar reforms that don't really do anything. Um, so I think what's really important is kind of like opening your, to, to believe in the shows, to believe in kind of these idealist things that we wanna, that we would like to achieve eventually, you know, open yourself up to more texts, more, you know, different feminist thinkers, different, you know, I think it's really important to confront our history and to learn from people who have written about these things previously. I think that's so important because, you know, ever since the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, kicked off and reignited with George Floyd's murder, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, doing a lot of readings, things like that, and kind of learning that, oh, these things have happened before. Like, there are so many things that are wrong, <laughs> like, everywhere, America and beyond. Like, like America is not the only country that deals with sexism and racism, things like that. Like, things have come to a head here for specific reasons because so many things that I'm not going to get into. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's so important to learn from our history, um, read from people who have advocated for XYZ as a solution, and not, but not just take it as face value, kind of develop your own opinions, but, you know, learn from other people who know more than you and admit when you are lacking in knowledge. I think that's so important. We cannot oh, be yeah. an expert in everything. We can't. Yeah. That's just impossible. So kind of have humility be humble, learn from other people and have an open mind and be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, because if we constantly have these lashbacks and feel threatened by people trying to live their lives, that's how, that's how we reverse progress. And we're seeing that right now in America with people being so uncomfortable with the idea of progress. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and you see... That's why I just mean that's the main reason why I created this podcast is because I mean, for example, I mean, we go through middle school and mostly, uh, you know, when we start getting to politics and start learning about it, oh, Democrat, oh, Democrat, 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 you don't even know what the Republicans do. And like, you're just uh, immediately assuming, like, learn both sides first and then choose. And I think that's just that not only with politics, just with everything. I think people need to understand everyone's opinions. I'm not saying accept it, but understand it in order for you to learn and base your own opinion on certain topics. Yes. I think that's a huge thing. And that's what I want this podcast to be about. So we can have these conversations because you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like you said, um, I think that's a huge thing. Um, and I mean, number two is, do you think that in order for us to um, not only fix everything that's, you know, that the feminist movement stands for, but I mean, just everything, um, sexism, racism, all the isms, do you think that that starts with government or do you think that that starts with, um, societal influences like intellectuals and realists that are really kind of support the, that I idealism of, you know, accepting everyone's opinions and then formulating your own. Where do you think that, that goes? I'll start by saying this. 
if you don't have a democracy where freedom of speech is protected, you cannot have those intellectuals, those thinkers mm. who can bring those different ideas, who can change society. Yeah. And what we're seeing now is I, I really don't think people are taking this seriously enough what another term of a Trump presidency means. Like we are falling into fascism and authoritarianism so quickly and people don't even realize it because we live in a 24-hour news cycle and Trump has done so many things that people forget about that people really don't understand the threat that our democracy is under. We've never even had a full democracy, you know, like like voter suppression is so real. It's been going on for for decades. Mm-hmm. And you know, we are so close to really seeing the collapse of the great American, the great American experiment. That's what we're seeing right now. And that's scary. So what I will say, because there are a lot of people I know who's, I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter. It matters. Vote. I, you know, I'm, Joe Biden's not my favorite person in the world, but I'm voting for him because, <laughs> because we need to. It's important. So back to your question, to start with society or government. Like when, one thing, I'm a political science major. Like I talk about government all the time. I talk about politics all the time. And I'm majoring this because I firmly believe that government impacts our lives so deeply. And people love to ignore that. Be like, oh, I'm not a political person. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. We are all political people because politics impacts our lives. Like, you know, people talk about America. It's very, um, like, you know, again, we prioritize individual freedoms, but we have individual freedoms because they're guaranteed by the government. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like you can't, you can escape, you can escape the effects of government. I'm not saying like that we have, the government has to control every single aspect of our lives, but they do impact every aspect of our lives in some way or another. When you talk about reproductive justice, when you talk about everything, climate change, politics and and government does impact that. Um, But what we're seeing now is many people feel like our government is not responsive to the people's demands. And that's why you're seeing people um, kind of, particularly I'm referring to the Black Lives Matter movement, calling for the abolition and, and, you know, restructuring of existing systems that they feel like don't work. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think what's really important is not necessarily, like, I understand why people feel so not desensitized, but just lack, a lot of lack of faith in the government. And I understand that. But what's so important is that we still, we cannot willingly give up our power to vote because we need to be able to put pressure on politicians to get the things that we want. And I think we need to do that by, you know, voting and also direct action. I think protesting is so incredibly important. You know, direct action, indirect action, that is vital to having a democracy and, and you know, maintaining these rights that we, you know, hold so near and dear to our heart so I guess what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to say is it has to it has to come from both sides it it just it just has to like you know what I mean like there's no everything is connected and I I say this a lot because intersectionality is so important when you talk about again you know I was talking about like black women specifically like intersectionality inter intersectional kind of systems of oppression are very real so you have to talk about everything in my personal belief um, from this understanding that everything is kind of connected. Um, so that's why I can't say it's one or another. Um, but, you know, you got to do your part in all ways that you can. But I understand that people can't do everything. So take, take from that what you will. 
Yeah, no, I got you. Um, now I'm gonna play a little. I'm gonna play devil devil's advocate here, since you're a poli sci major. Okay. Um, I think the government is a huge scam. I think they're very fishy with the things that they do. Um, so I mean, you're studying the government. So do you think that the government is trustworthy? Do you think that the American people can trust the government? It's kind of going off topic a little bit, but I'm super curious because I think some of the things that the government has done is super, um, super fishy. Um, I'm not going to say everything, but just some of the things I can't bring up specific examples right now. Um, so obviously I would have to bring that to you uh, another time, but I think a, another thing is, uh, the school system, for example, I mean, when you, the history, the history, the school system in general is run by the government. So do you think that everything the government teaches us through the school system is true? Or do you think that they leave some things out or, you know, or untruthful things? Absolutely. Okay, and one thing that I forgot to mention is that I think a lot of Democrats specifically love to idolize like certain political figures, which I think is very dangerous. I think we need to view government what it actually is as transactional. You know, like you vote these people in and they need to they need to represent your values. And when they don't do that, you need to actually, you know, call them out on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about the government and being able to trust them and things like that, there, there are a lot of things that are wrong specifically with our school systems. Of course they leave things out. Are you kidding me? History books have been written by the winners of society. There is a reason why we idolize the Revolutionary War and we talk about how they literally, they, they literally dumped British sympathizers in tar, in hot tar, and put feathers on them to mock them publicly. And we idolize that. We talk about the Revolutionary War and we talk about the, you know, the French Revolution in such positive ways when they were so incredibly violent. But when violence is exhibited by people who have been oppressed, specifically in America, and again, I'm not endorsing it, I'm just saying that it's very interesting to see the different reactions and the double standards that exist from that. Um, so again, by lying to kids and saying that George Washington's teeth were made of wood rather than the adolescent um, adult teeth of enslaved people, you know, that's an issue. That's an issue. Um, so of course, of, of course, there's so many things that, that history books leave out. Or of course, of course, there's so many issues with our government. Abs absolutely. And as a political science major, that does not mean that I'm like, the government is amazing. We do things great. Like, no, like I recognize all the issues that we have in society. And of, of course, like people who, who have been in these positions in the government have, you know, contributed to this. And yeah, of course. Yes, of course. Are you kidding Fantastic. me? Fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you say that because there is another political science uh, major that I know that goes to George Washington, the esteemed George Washington University. She takes so much pride in going to George Washington and she completely disagrees. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad school. I think, uh, yeah, fantastic. George Washington is great. I mean, congratulations to both of you guys for getting into it. Um, but I mean, yeah, she knows who I'm talking to. If you're listening to this and please feel free to FaceTime me after this and call me out. But yeah, so I think that's, I'm glad that you say that because I was called completely crazy for believing in that. And oh, you're wrong. So Okay, yeah. cool. Well, um, <laughs> well let, let's revisit this, first of all. Okay. Let's, if you're, if you're gonna substitute, let's, let's say her name, Sydney. I, I think she's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, so you know what I'm talking about. Cool. Yeah, Beautiful. of course. Okay. Uh, no, of course. And here's the thing, like, you know, I, I didn't listen to that episode of the podcast, so I don't know what, you know, if, if you want to elaborate more, then I could talk about it. But what I think it's really important is for, for me as like a senior in college, there are so many things that 
I have learned about that I did not know in high school as yeah. an underclassman in college. So I feel like my values, my perspectives have shifted so much because I've kind of opened my eyes to like the propaganda that exists to the, to all of the different kind of ways that we've been taught that don't accurately reflect our history. Um, but yeah, again, I didn't, I didn't watch the podcast. So do you want to further elaborate on which that? one? Are you talking about episode five? The one with Anna? Whatever. Which one are you talking about? Well, no, whatever you're talking oh, about. No, no, no. So there was, there was a huge, I mean, episode five is a big, big episode for, I mean, right now, the beginning of Pirates of the People podcast. And I mean, I had basically, she was a good friend of mine from high school. She's a Republican. So she has a lot of, you know, Republican views. And we were just talking about the movie Uncle Tom. I don't know if you ever heard of it, um, but it's basically um, a documentary about a, a bunch of black Republicans. And it, they're basically saying how the Democrats uh, used to be racist and, you know, just the history of the Democrat, you know, organization and how the party switches a lie and blah, blah, blah. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's, because... That's an interesting assertion. Wow. And that was their backing is because they're saying that because the uh, the school system is ran by the government, it's be, the government lies to us and that was one of the lies that they told us. Um, okay. So you want Let's me to rewind that a little bit. Okay, go ahead. I, I do want to insert something before you continue. Mm-hmm. I think, again, something that we've seen, especially with Trump, is that the kind of people don't have trust in journalism or facts. People constantly deny things, even when you're presented with facts. So I feel like it's less of like lying, but almost a manipulation based on the way things are framed and leading out history. So I think when you talk about over lying and kind of saying things that are directly false versus kind of like an omission of facts. I think there is a little bit of a difference because when you talk about, like when you say, like, it, it's important because every single book, article, it all has bias because we are humans, we have our own opinions. But when you confuse mm-hmm. that with outright lies, and this is what I think Trump has done, what Trump supporters believe is that even when you present them with facts, they deny it because they say, oh, it's made up, it's all by the government and it's all a lie, you know what I mean? So it's very important to, to walk that fine line to still understand that there is truth in fact, there is truth in history and kind of distinguish, you know, what is propaganda, what is things that like manipulated facts and not kind of relieve yourself of reality, which I think is what has happened to the current state of the Republican party. um, In my opinion, is that they've kind of relieved themselves from all reality. so there's a very fine line. Continue. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, I'm, I'm glad you said that, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but that's basically what the episode was about. And I mean, like I said, this episode is, or this uh, podcast is made for people to have all their own opinions. I mean, I, to me personally, I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't care, but that's your opinion. I really don't care. Like it's not affecting me. It's not hurting my feelings. I mean, I tell people I'll have a, a, a white supremacist on here and they can call me the N word all day, but it's your opinion. I like, that's, that's not, yeah, I know everyone. Yeah. Everyone has that exact same reaction. I know. Uh, but I mean, that's, I'm curious. I want to learn. I want to see, see why you think that I'm going to see why you have that opinion. I'm just curious. I'm a curious guy. Curiosity killed the cat. Oh, well, I mean, you know, maybe that's just what it is, but um, there was a lot of backlash from that episode. And I mean, Sydney called me and she was basically going off on me saying, uh, you're acting like uncle Tom, you this, you that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I think you're misunderstanding. And I mean, 
I'm not, and again, this is no shade to Sydney. I'm not saying I hate you. You're a terrible person. Oh my God. I'm not saying any of that. All love right here. Um, but I just feel as though like, it's not that deep. I mean, in my, you can go back and listen to my first episode. This is a podcast where people can come on and talk about their opinions. That's it. I'm not saying I, I agree. I think when people, when I, like you're talking, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think people think that I'm agreeing. I'm not. I'm just, that's how you, that's how you know I'm listening to you in a conversation. That's just what it is. Um, so that was just, it, it was a huge thing. And I mean, like I said, we touched on the, I kind of mentioned to her the whole um, government running the school system. And then she kind of disagreed with that, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's what it is. It's in the past. But I was just curious that because you're a poli-sci major and you go to the same school, what your opinion was on that. And that's all it was. Um, so yeah, that that's really was the basis of the situation. Okay. I do have a follow-up if, if it's okay if I jump in. <laughs> of course, go for it. Yeah. So I think, again, I didn't listen to the podcast, so mm-hmm. I I don't know exactly, you know, what happened. But I guess where I can see without necessarily being involved is that especially with journalism today, so many media outlets have been really obsessed with kind of um, being balanced from when they present Democrats and Republicans and all the different things that are going on, like legislatively on a national level, to the point where they will not, you know, call out like morally incorrect, factually incorrect things. And that's that's when issues arrive, you know what I mean? You can be balanced. But to con- to not call out entirely inappropriate behavior is one thing. And again, I'm not saying I haven't watched the episode, so I don't know. But maybe that's where she's coming from. Again, I- I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna listen, and okay. I I'll-, I'll follow up. But you know, I yeah, think that's definitely. also really important too because you know you can let you know we live in a free- we live in a free country, freedom of speech, whatever. But you also like you know you can't hate speech is not permitted under the constitution you know what i mean like there are still certain things and americans are obsessed with their individual liberties blah 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 but there are still certain things that we expect of citizens to act in a certain way and to have a certain level of humanity that's important to maintain out of respect for other people and i I think again i'm going on a tangent now but i think people especially um trump supporters have lost that have lost sense of community and lost of being obligated to, to act as a good person to your neighbors, to your fellow American citizens. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about me, 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 me. How mm-hmm. I have been wronged, you know? Um, yeah, I can. That was a tangent. But that's how I feel about that. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. Um, there are so many... I can make a list of the things that's wrong with this country and the way people go about things and this and that and... I mean, I don't know. I just think, first of all, I mean, kudos to you. You are super educated in the things that you talk about. And I mean, you're, I, I to be honest, back in salad works, I would have never thought any of these things. I was like, oh, Marissa, she doesn't like me. So I just kept to myself. What? You know, I didn't like you? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, two, three, two, three years ago, I was a different, I was a completely different person than I was then. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I really appreciate you for coming on here. We can, this is, was way more than, I mean, talking about, um, feminist which i think is fantastic i think it was great um and yeah definitely i mean if you want to listen to episode five and you want to come back on for another episode and talk about it i think it's great um i and again like no one we're not flaming republicans which is opinion people so just chill okay maybe the rest is his but <laughs> just just chill relax like you know it, it's everyone's opinions i mean i think this is what 
needs to be talked about. And I mean, if you get worked up, you get mad, that's good. Cause then you're going to go and do some research so you can come on and I don't know, you know, come back, you know, that that's what I really want this to be about. I want people to, you know, not only, I say this every episode, you know, I mean, we need less reactors and we need more responders to situations. Mm -hmm. It's okay to react, but you also need to learn how to think before you speak and respond. Um, so again, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Marissa, before we close this out? No, thank you so much for having me. I, again, I think that's so important. Listen, then respond, less reactions. I've had to learn that a lot myself. And again, when I, when I listened to that episode, that <laughs> the, the first episode about them, I was hot. I was sweating. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so angry. And then, uh, but we're good. We're good. Great that, that's why you kept pushing it back. You, you was, you were so angry. You had to push it back. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I mean, no problem. And I, again, I appreciate you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's a wrap. This is power to the people podcast. We get the power of the freedom of speech back to the people. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you next episode.